Welcome to the MIB Podcast, where we help you chase your dreams side by side. And now, your hosts, Mike and Talia Osborne. What's up? Hey, everybody. This is Mike and Talia. You're listening to the MIB Podcast. Live and vlogging again. Uh, we have an awesome couple here today that actually Talia's known for one for a very, very long time. For a very long time. Back <laughs> before she was adult and doing adult things. <laughs> and I want you to introduce her couple. All right. So this is Alex and Lauren. And I've known, and sorry, their last name is Glazer. And um, I've known Lauren forever. Like she and her brother and I went to uh, high school together, middle school together. We were hanging out and, you know, Netflix and chilling before that was cool. And before that, <laughs> you were VHS and chilling. Oh, yeah, we were VHS and chilling. <laughs> no Netflix. That's how long this has been. It might have been Betamax and chilling. Oh, gosh, not that long. <laughs> yeah, it was like a good day if they let me watch MTV with them. Like, I was that <laughs> Back when they showed music. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. So, welcome, guys, to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes. Um, so tell everybody the name of your business, kind of your background, and how long you've been married. Okay. So our business is the Glazer Group. We're a small team of real estate agents here in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I've been doing it since 2009. She joined me in 2013, the same year that we got married. And we actually started business together before we got married, which is pretty ballsy, but it's worked. <laughs> that is pretty ballsy. <laughs> yes. After two months, I added her to my phone contract. You know, that's like more binding than marriage. So <laughs> funny. I knew it was serious when he asked me to join his family plan. And like, that's what I knew. Yeah, exact same situation. <laughs> that's yeah, real exactly. commitment. <laughs> she literally had access to my checking account before we were married. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know. You know, you know. <laughs> our listeners don't know this but when we were just dating Mike and I would text so much like I had this like $10 an hour job and could like I was on a budget like could not afford anything extra and he's like we start talking and texting every day and all of a sudden I'm like I'm gonna go over my text message you know, allowance yeah, it's like, yeah, call me after nine <laughs> <laughs> and he's like well he was like, I'll just pay for it. I'm like, well, I can't afford it, so you better. So he can't pay for my text yeah, messages. Yeah, giving her 10 bucks cash. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I was on a budget. It was serious. <laughs> Either way, guys. So back to you guys. <laughs> so I heard you guys had three fur babies. Yep. yep. What are their names? So we have Nico. Oh, go ahead. Well, I say her first because she's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. Miko, maybe, and David. And they're all girls. We have a girl dog named David. Oh, we have all girls too, but they're real, like, human babies. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one boy, which is a dog, which he's still not my favorite, even though he's the only one I have. Well, yeah, he's bad. <laughs> it's all right. They're allowed to be sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they're just like kids. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all Except right. So, we can't talk back. Yeah, well. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. So um, tell us about your real estate group and kind of, do you have anything you specialize in or anything like that? Uh, residential, I would say. And then just the general central Virginia area. Okay. 
know, I've sold houses as cheap as 19,000 in my first year when everything was getting foreclosed on. So we just closed on one a few months ago for 1.3 million. Wow. Man. That was probably like 250. So I've, I've done it all. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. It's us two, and then we have um, one support staff, and then we have two buyer's agents. So Alex focuses mostly on listing and selling people's houses. And then we have buyer's agents that help. Um, She's the boss. Yeah, <laughs> that's what people buy houses, and then I just kind of wrangle them all in. Now, that's funny, and I don't, I don't know if I – I hope I'm not jumping forward, but 2009, that was when all the crap hit the fan. Correct. You know, like, well, it was actually in the middle of the crap. So you are a real – agent I really <laughs> called them because I did a podcast a few I was young I was 24 I didn't know any better and <laughs> the brokerage I signed up with were like we only take full-time agents and I still didn't know what I wanted to do after college I'm like all right I'll just try this and see how it works and it ended up working out really well like I didn't sell a lot at the beginning but I stuck through the hard times and right when the market got better I was at a point where I had an established business yeah, I think and, he was able to like ride the train on up to the top of the mountain and gain experience as he went. And so yeah. kind of beneficial the, to him. To, ignorance was bliss for me at that time. I probably just consider myself lucky. She always says I'm the luckiest he's the person. the luckiest man on the planet. I win all the raffles. <laughs> Vegas, like I'll, I'll win all the money. <laughs> all right, we'll send you our next lottery ticket so you can yeah, pick the numbers. <laughs> That's and it's funny because we just recorded a podcast a few weeks ago, uh, well, a few, a couple weeks ago, yeah. called "Fakers Gonna Fake," and that was our topic: was people that get into business because they think it's easy money, yeah. and then they see that it's not easy, like all the real estate agents back when you started. Yeah. But when people started, like two, well, two thousand five, yeah, because was, anybody could be a real estate agent and make a ton of money because houses were selling for way too much money. Everybody were getting loans, like even if you're unemployed, had no money, <laughs> no problem. Right back then. And now all the real people, all the fakers are gone. And the real people are here. Well, they're they're picking, coming back. It's picking back they're up. To, I know they are. They're thinking it's like a free-for-all. But the baseboards, but they're not <laughs> to people without jobs anymore. So that's at least one thing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, kind of what do you think sets you apart from your competition? I would say one thing we truly care about our business and our clients like i know a lot of people say that but in this business we get to meet a lot of realtors and just so many people are just garbage and <laughs> no, they don't care they're in it for the quick commission they want the money like and the they people don't... that think it's an easy job and then realize it's not so uh, one i think we really care um i attest a lot of our success to our honesty um, a lot of people don't have that, you know, if we mess up, we admit, make it, it. admit it and then, and then they get better. And yeah. I don't know. I think that kind of karma comes back around to reward us after the fact. Um, cause a lot of people don't want to admit when they're wrong these days. Mm. And the fun thing with real estate is you can make it your own, even though the process of buying and selling is the same, you can tweak it. So what we've done is we love dogs, obviously. So every house we sell, we donate to a local animal shelter. That's and cool. not all Asians do that. So it's just something a little unique that we think is fun. Yeah, it's always good to give back, right? And yeah. um, dogs are, you know, they have a special place in my heart. So <laughs> People like dogs more than they like children. Literally. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's sadly. I, mean, it's, it's, no, I think that's a great idea. I think it's actually a really good idea. Yeah, so that's awesome. We, we talked yeah. about creating a company for our kids and they wanted to 
what was it? And that was the same thing. We're going to give a certain promotion back to uh, a, a, a kid's fund type thing. So they will give some back, will give some back to charity for everything that they bought through our kids YouTube channel. So haven't done that yet, but it's a very, very good idea. Yeah, we, we, we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's see. Come on. What? Come on, woman. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Are there any obstacles that you guys have had to overcome? It could be in your relationship. It could be in your business. Has there been anything where you guys have had to really just overcome or fight an obstacle? Yeah, this is mainly for our listeners because I think everybody goes through things like this, but a lot of people say, oh, well, I didn't have this or this, but being the most brutally honest could help everybody the most. Right. Well, I think we kind of jumped ahead. Starting in 2009 was probably the biggest obstacle, even though I didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. Um, I would say I wish I had a better answer. I just think we're really fortunate. I don't know if it's the way we work together or the way we run business, but we just, just kind of make things work. We go easy. with the flow, you know, you kind of, there, if there's things that you can't do anything about, then you can't do anything about them. And like just kind of other on. agents like come up to us like, how do you do it? Like I come to the office to get away from my wife and I'm like, <laughs> that, that's weird. Like this is like, she's my best friend. And I love her more than anything. Like yeah. we can spend as much time together as possible. And at least I never get sick of her. She might get a little sick of me, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think people understand the power in a good marriage like the synergy in that when it comes to business, you know, me and Talia tried other companies to, uh, apart and we just didn't get anywhere with them because we kind of need the other person and their strengths to help me with my weaknesses. So it's not like you guys have that. And that actually segues right into our next question, isn't it? Yep. So, um, it's very tasking being married, obviously. Well, you it, skipped a question. So that's why no, I, was, I didn't. Yeah. We didn't do that one. Yes, we did. <laughs> We did that one. See either my way. Order. <laughs> they don't know the order. <laughs> okay. He doesn't know either. <laughs> either way, since Mike started on this one, um, so yeah, being married is kind of can be difficult, but it also can be very rewarding. And so, how do you guys kind of define your roles as far as who does what? So, when we started, I was the agent and she was my assistant. And as the business grows, she grew more into the office manager role, especially once we had employees. But I was always the salesperson, so we've always had separate roles. Right, but I feel like that's one of the main reasons that we are able to work together is because we have very separate roles. We do very different things. Like, if we were trying to do the same thing, I think... Well, she yells at me when I start doing things she's supposed to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) work. Get out of here. Um, but also we have very different personalities. Like he's super, super analytical. Like he could spend one day researching a vacuum to buy or <laughs> something like that. And I'm like, oh, best reviews, best that deal one's to orange. buy. That one's yeah. orange. Yeah, so care. I'm very like decisive. He's very like check out all the options. So I think the combination, a combination of that kind of helps balance the business out. And the relationship. And the relationship. Um, <laughs> so, and then, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, yeah, we're best friends. Like, we don't really ever get tired of each other. I think that if we did have different jobs, we'd see each other less and we wouldn't be able to relate as have, much. We wouldn't have the same relationship. Right. So, like, before before I came to work for him, um, he we'd have, like, a reservation for dinner. And I'd be like, okay, it's time to go. And he's like, well, hold on. I just have to write one more contract. And I'm like, you've known we have this reservation for a couple 
ever. Like, what's the deal? It's time to go. Like, I couldn't really understand. Real estate now, doesn't wait. Right. But now I'm the one telling him to like write that contract before we do. <laughs> so I guess I have more of an understanding of things now so I can appreciate the hard work that he does. And, and real estate, a lot of it's night and weekends. So, you know, if she wasn't in it, I wouldn't see her nearly as much, but I get to see her all day. And then on nights and weekends, I'm out with clients. So works. Yeah. And then also we just like to have fun. We like to have fun with our employees and our agents and Client, our clients. Okay. You know, you have to keep things light. Like real estate's a pretty serious it can be a pretty serious stressful thing, business. But, you know, so. you just you gotta have fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, we do bring oh they bring their dog to the office too. <laughs> this is Rico for everybody who has not met him yet. He's a smiling yeah. baby. He smiles. Um, <laughs> uh, right here. All right. Relax. So, um, you know, I couldn't agree more with you guys. We, we have pretty defined roles. I mean, I focus a lot on Amazon when we have our inventory in, he focuses mostly on eBay, but then when we go shopping, we both do that together. Right. Um, here's a question that's not on the list. Mm. Have you ever uh -oh. had a time where you've had to uh, switch roles or take over for, for the other person because they were sick or whatever, or do you just, yes, what was your role and that's it? So I think we have, like, if he's sick, I've had to, you know, take over, but because we work together all the time, um, she I, always I get knows to, what's going on. One, well, yeah, that, but also I get to like listen to him in the background, making these phone calls, doing these things, negotiating certain things. So it kind of like subliminally like goes into my brain, whether I use it or not. And then when the time comes where I have to like pull it out, I'm like, okay, well, I, I can work. make it happen. Yeah. Uh, like, not ideal, but I can make it work. Okay. And I used to do her job and sometimes I still do it now and she yells at me. So <laughs> And we have an assistant that helps out a lot. So, like, if we're busy or sick, you know, we have her come and do extra stuff. Okay, that's cool. Get this dog out of here. I know. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know how this works with real estate, but do you have any type of mentors or anybody that you maybe listen to or any kind of training that you do to kind of keep you sharp and in the game? So I'll relate more to him on this because he does all the training or, I mean, we kind of do some joint, but he's. So, you know, with the real estate world, you may not know some of these names unless you're in real estate, but the biggest one would be my coach and mentor. His name's Aaron Novello out of the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. I met him through another coaching program that I used to do, but I just kind of related more to his philosophy and his approach. So, you know, I've been talking with him weekly for probably seven of the 10 years I've been doing this. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great tip for our listeners. But I would say like when you're in those groups of you know, very motivated real estate agents, not only do they sharpen their real estate skills, they just want to be a better person overall. So like Tony Robbins, a lot of people will listen to him, especially me, Grant Cardone. <laughs> and then one that I really like that isn't really business related, um, his name is Rick Carson and he wrote a book, Taming Your Gremlin. And that for me personally has helped me just kind of have a better day-to-day -day experience. So yeah, what is that book about, Taming Your Gremlin? So kind of like a little voice inside your head is your gremlin. So you kind of being able to like wrangle him in and understand when to like listen and not listen to him. 
Um, and it can apply with all things, but with real estate, like it's constant rejection, people finding another agent or doing this thing. So kind of understanding how to not take it personally, move on to the next, you know, step. And if you want to add anything to that, because you've done more with it than I have. I think you explained it pretty well. So yeah, it's just a metaphor for that negative chatter in your brain. And it actually gives you, instead of just making you aware of it, it gives you tangible tools and steps to make it less loud make it quieter so you can actually do what you need to do okay it's definitely important i think it, well being in real estate you're in you're in sales in general right so people don't realize that hey you know i sell real estate i sell vacuums I, really you don't have a real estate business you have a people business right and right your skills with tony Robbins and grant cardone i'm not sure if that's the best when it comes to <laughs> Uh, no, he's relatable. I think he's real, and that's why I like him too. I listen to him all the time. I'll take bits and pieces from everyone, exactly. the parts that I like, and just kind of built my own little thing that I like yeah. and follow. Just like grocery shopping, only grab what you want. Yeah, exactly. We've been part of different trainings for a while, so you get to meet really successful people around the country that um, are actually doing it. Like they're not your competitors, they're willing to share things that work for them, and you can you know, take things from that. And I think that's really beneficial. And it's also really good to see, you know, people like you that are super successful. So you can, you know, you have something to strive for, you know, like that could and be sometimes me. Like, we could sell that many it's like houses. If he can do this. Exactly. I can <laughs> so for our listeners, um, have you guys had to invest actual money into these types of trainings? Because I think that in a lot of cases, people want that free training. They want, you know, all the free stuff they can get, but it's just as important to actually take your money and put your money where your mouth is and actually go and meet these people, right? Because you form connections that might help you down the road. And I'm a strong believer of you give what you pay for. Like, why is somebody going to be invested in spending their time with you if you're not giving them anything back? You know, just... Well, the real estate training, I guess they make it expensive because the commissions can be large. Mm -hmm. um, our average price point isn't nearly as big as like California. I meet people out there that sell half as many houses and make 10 times as much money as us. Yeah. Like but the Josh <laughs> coaching is $1,000 a month. Wow. And I've been doing that since March of 2010. So you can do the math. I've spent a lot of money to improve <laughs> myself. But I think it's paid off. Like we're super successful. Last year we helped 113 families move. That's, That's awesome. Great. You can't just do that with no training. Yeah. Mm. That's a great way to put it too. I helped 113 families move, right? Instead of saying I sold 113 houses or whatever. Yeah. That's much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> he got that from coaching <laughs> <laughs> worth it right there <laughs> all right um all right let's change the tables um guys what do you think about change the table <laughs> <laughs> i knew i said something weird i was just gonna brush oh, over yeah. it and you just had to point it out to everybody <laughs> Let's change that table for real quick. <laughs> All right. Talk about marriage. Let's talk about marriage. <laughs> um, do you guys think it's important to date your spouse and why? I definitely think it's important to date your spouse, especially when you're together in business, because it, you can actually set aside time that's not business. I think it's really easy to get. That's all you talk about. Right. It's really easy to just, it's kind of 
filters its way into every part of your life. So to be able to go out and like focus on something that's not business and keep your phones in the car and, you know, just chat like normal people like you used to <laughs> is important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's never that easy. And we, <laughs> You're right. You're right. We have three we'll different... All together. <laughs> we probably have, family, yeah, three, we have three <laughs> things right now that pay us on a weekly, monthly, daily basis. And we're actually launching like four, five, six, seven. And the hardest thing is not to consume yourself all the time talking about that stuff. So eventually, every, every once in a while, Chitalia asked me about something or vice versa. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about any more of that stuff. We're done. Let's just do nothing. I'll get home from work. I finally like sit down on the couch, take a breath. And he comes in talking about something or I just go to bed and I'm like, I can't think about it right now. <laughs> if you want to talk about it, ask me in the morning. Sometimes you have to just know when to shut it off. And yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just really good. Sometimes you just gotta sit there, watch something like Jersey Shore. It makes yes, exactly. You know, makes you happy to laugh and laugh. Ah, it's funny. Just gets your mind off yeah. it. Detach a little bit. I agree. Yeah, and I think it's important to be kind of present when you're on your date, whatever it is. If if you're home on a date, if you're out on on a date, I think not having your phone is a major thing because there goes that email. Now I'm looking at my phone and it's just for a second, but then, you know, it's distracting. Right. It, it is very distracting. And yeah, like, I mean, you can get emails and stuff on your watch now. Like it's, yeah. it's harder to get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what is like one of the hardest decisions you've had to make when it comes to business and then how did it turn out? I would say personally for me, the hardest decision was to, know when to bring somebody else in to help us, when to hire a buyer's agent or an assistant or something. Um, you know, it's like your business is your baby. You've, you know, you've built it from the ground. No one can do it as good as I can. Exactly. So like, delegating is really hard and trusting someone that they'll do it at least good enough. Maybe not to what you would have done it, but good enough that it's satisfactory. So that was hard. Yeah. It took me a while to start bringing in more people, but Maybe we got lucky. We got some really awesome people. Well, not our first assistant. Actually. <laughs> we've gone through some peeps, like some good and some bad, but I think it's a learning experience and we've learned what to our focus first... on and we don't and what to stay away from. So now we have like a really good bunch, but it's really tough to decide when to grow your business. And, you know, at that point you're going to be providing for them as well. So you have to make sure that you're going to have enough business to, keep them afloat as well as us. And that's can be very nerve wracking. Yeah, we were kind of in the same situation when we opened a warehouse and we ended up hiring all the wrong people. <laughs> like all the wrong people. Yeah. Um, we felt, we, we, we hired based off the fact that we felt they needed jobs more than that they could actually help us. Yeah. Right. So we were like, I got these positions, let's hire them and they, did nothing. They ruined. The reason they don't have jobs. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good point. I think uh, I forgot who always said it, but uh, the speed of I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about the speed of firing people is better because it's like if they're not fit, you got to get rid of them. Like he's gotten rid of people yeah. in 24 hours. That is also a really difficult yeah. firing people thing to start. Yeah, I mean, you don't realize when you hire people that then eventually you might have to fire them, and that's like a whole another mind game that it's not because we're so kind-hearted and we like people and we don't 
want to make them feel bad, but it's like, yeah, you they're not a like, good fit. You argue with yourself. You're like, well, they're doing a good enough job. I guess it's okay. And yeah. We, yeah, got, we, we have been there. Yeah. <laughs> we got to a point where literally Ty would get text messages from somebody that would be so just make her like almost like every time her phone anxiety. would vibrate, she'd have anxiety. Because she's yeah. like, oh my gosh, why won't she yeah. quit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, going back to the coaching thing, our coach is uh, just as like a, you know, third party has really been able to help us. You know, we tell him issues going on and he can really help and be like, you know, this person really isn't doing what they're supposed to do. It might be time for you to think mm -hmm. about firing them. And that's like to hear it from somebody else makes the decision a little more. I don't know. What and he holds us accountable. Like the next week, he's like, did you fire yet? And we're like, no. <laughs> like, did you fire yet? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> you know, it, sadly, business is business. And that's the hardest point when it comes to people that you actually enjoy being with and hanging around or almost friends. It's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll never get easier, I'm, sadly. <laughs> I think for people like us, anyway, they actually care. Yeah. So. Agreed. All right. Next question is, what, uh, what is your philosophy on failure? I've read enough books and I, they make sense to me where, you know, failure is how you learn the best. Mm. So it's like your perspective on failure, it, that's all that really is what's important. So if you view it as a learning opportunity, you take something of value from it and move forward, then it's technically not a failure. It's just like a stepping stone to success. Mm. But if you fail and you just quit, then I guess that is a failure. But I've, you know, always try to learn from my mistakes you know, things in business and with real estate, every transaction, you know, a homeowner does something off the wall and I'm like, why would you ever do this? So we try to systemize, you know, teaching our clients not to do that. So we don't have that problem in the future. That's good. Yeah, I definitely. Um, and I, I know that's kind of hard to take too sometimes, unless you get your mind right where you understand that, okay, this is just, it's going to help us. Like right. when we, we launched a, a few couple of new products on Amazon for our own brand last year and we got a couple bad feedbacks, we looked at it as these fools, man. I gave them the best <laughs> deal, best price, everything. But truthfully, I, and we looked at it like, yeah, we could have we shifted this way or we could have add these things into it to make it that much better. It wouldn't cost anymore. It might have took an extra second, but there's value in failure because of that because we can now turn in something knowing that we're going to get a five-star review because it's literally perfect right or somebody's just crazy and, and nothing you can do about crazy <laughs> they give a one-star review because like shipping like, the box had a small yeah because the post office like, was late or something yeah. Oh, oh yeah we get we get refunds all the time for people that got their thing in three days instead of two which we don't ship it amazon does so but amazon has no problem Amazon's taking our money and getting it beast. back yeah it's no problem uh, amazon's becoming more of a beast these days yeah <laughs> All right. So what is the most valuable thing maybe one of your coaches has ever said or that you've ever heard that has helped you move forward in business? So the one that instantly stands out to me was probably like a year or two ago. I was talking to my coach like right after I worked out. I'm like, it's so hard. This sucks. I hate it. I can't wait for it to get easier. And he's like, why do you want it to be easier? Because once it's easy, you're not growing. You're not improving. Like it should always be hard if you want to always be continuing to get better at it, whether it be exercise or anything in life, business, you know, once it's easy, it's kind of like you're plateaued. 
Yeah, that really true. resonated with me. And I know that you have a, a quote. Yeah, I heard, um, it might have been from his coach too. Years <laughs> ago, I heard this kind of like analogy. Um, and we don't have children, but it would apply should we have children. But it can still apply with like anybody with families or anything. But um, life is like you're juggling. And all these responsibilities are these different balls that keep getting thrown in. And some are rubber balls and some are crystal balls. And when things get too hard, you have to drop some of the balls. And you really have to know which ones are the crystal balls. Mm. To hold on to versus letting some of the you know business stuff that maybe consider a rubber ball drop to the ground and you can pick it up later. But once like you that. drop a crystal ball, you cannot you can't, can't fix, fix it. it. Yeah, so, like deciding whether to you know go on this appointment or go to your daughter's dance recital. You know, can, one could be a crystal ball, one could be a rubber ball, and you have to know you know which, which way one's to which. Yeah, I love that. That's a good right? one. I'm stealing yeah. that. <laughs> Um, what about, has anybody ever said anything to you that has affected you as far as your relationship or marriage besides the crystal ball thing, which was awesome. <laughs> so I feel like this is an homage to Aaron when we were dating and I wasn't sure what to do. I feel like our relationship had a plateau. He, I don't know what he said, but we had a deep conversation and like I came back and our relationship was like on another level. And then it was like another year we're at a real estate retreat and I don't know what happened, but it was like on the lunch break, I just went up to my room and bought her a diamond <laughs> ring online that she had sent me. So it's like, <laughs> I, I got to give him a little credit that we're together. Yeah. Like not only does he coach in real estate, he's just a good person for life coaching. And that's really I would <laughs> say that I think I'll hear all the people say, Oh, I could never work with my wife. I don't know how you do it. Like kind of, like stokes the fire of us <laughs> dog, dog jumping on back. Of us wanting to make it work or at least for me wanting to make it work like not that I, I don't think it affects us in any way but it, it it's like it gives us me a sense of pride knowing that we can make it work and that most people think they can well, I, I remember I had reservations because both my brothers were divorced both my parents had been divorced multiple times so I was kind of hesitant about getting married and Aaron was like me and Carla look like we're ever going to get divorced. Like they have an amazing relationship. And I'm like, well, no. And he's like, so why are you going to assume that you would like, so I think that is what helped me kind of get over the fear of getting married. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you can't base your relationship on even, you know, how you grew up or what you see around you. Right. Because there's, there's people who are successful in that and you have a coach who's successful in marriage. So I mean, you've got the best of both worlds, a business coach and, you know, life coach. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So if all of a sudden you lost everything and you didn't have the money you have, you didn't have the job you have, what would you do to get everything back? Based off just your fact you have knowledge, experience. Can we like start the same job again, but from the bottom? Or Are we the yeah, same what would you do? I don't know what I would do um to start over but i'm sure it would happen a lot quicker because you know i've got that 10 years of knowledge and experience so it wouldn't take me as long to rebuild everything but you know this is the only thing i've ever really done you know i've delivered pizzas i worked in an arcade <laughs> in school like this is my first real real job i did contracting for like a year my brother so i know this better than anything for at least career wise so we just all right start over here we go yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's just it's so simple but powerful. People think that just because they failed in something and it's like, oh, it's a real big failure. You can just, 
if you're really good at that, you can just get it all back. And that's really the whole point of it. People don't realize that, oh, okay, I must, I need to switch fields then. No, they don't have to. You can just, you're still great at that. You just hit something that. Yeah, you just, you get knocked out a few rolls. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we've had that. I mean, with Amazon, our what second year? We've had to rebuild twice. Yeah, we've had to rebuild this business twice. But I mean, every time we've learned something from it, and we could have easily said, "Well, Amazon sucks. We're never doing it again. Like we're awful at it." <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're we don't think we're awful at it. We rebuilt it. We know how to do it. It's just avoiding those pitfalls, and so that's what we've learned to do. And when we go out there to help a lot of people, they're going to get a lot of help from that because they can see where we messed up, even if we didn't mess up, which we have not messed up. <laughs> Literally, but they can, we can guide them in the right path, just like you guys could for anybody that's coming on in the future for you guys. Right. I feel like at that point, you're able to take, instead of taking two steps forward, one step back, you're able to take, you know, just slower steps at a time without going back as much since mm-hmm. you have that knowledge base. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up with this. Um, is there anything that you guys just want people to know about your business, any um, specials you're running, any, uh, your website, anything like that that you want to share so that people in Richmond, Virginia, um, or people who are moving into the state, Central Virginia, Central Virginia can contact you um, for their real estate and family moving needs. <laughs> so if you go to alexsellsrichmond.com, that's our website. And or just Google my name, Alex, Alex Glazer, but it's with an S. G L A S E R. I'll I'll pop up. You, if you type in Alex Glazer Richmond, it'll be all over the first page. So, and we will run a special for anyone who has seen this podcast. And if you're selling a home, we'll do a free staging consultation. If you're buying a home, we'll buy a home warranty for you. Just because why not? And don't forget that every house we sell or everybody we help, we donate to Richmond Animal Animal League, which is the uh, non-kill shelter here in um, Richmond. And we just bought a moving truck for all of our clients to use. So if you're doing a local move, you get this big truck to use for free. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I'm really excited about it. (laughs) No, that's a sweet deal. Yeah, you just get the truck, like, borrow it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't have it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, we've moved, I think, 20-something times since we've been oh, married. Gosh, oh. So, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we've been in the same house for 10 years, and I'm okay if I never move. I think seeing everybody else move, they're like, <laughs> it's, stressful. It's, it's not good. It's so frustrating, and that's why it's good to have great real estate agents like you guys that can make the process so much easier. So We try as hard as we can to make it. <laughs> as painless and easy as possible for our clients. All right. So the next time we have you guys on, it's going to be when you're pregnant or you have kids, <laughs> and then you're going to show us the new style of how you do yeah, things. that goes. It's going to change. So. <laughs> Going home, that baby, signing away on the, your contracts. <laughs> We're so happy to have you guys today on the podcast. Um, guys, if you guys yeah, thank you. check, out, check out their fun. website, of course, and uh, make sure you check out ours, www.themibpodcast.com slash glazer group and you will find all the information and how to get to them there as well so and if it's your first time listening to the mib podcast we just want to let you know that we are here for your amazon ebay needs we have tons of episodes filling you in on all the details all the pitfalls all the questions and answers that you need to run a successful ebay and amazon business so check out the other episodes that we have available at the mibpodcast.com Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. We really, really appreciate it. 
Can we? Great to see you. We Good to see you. you too. Take care. Take care, guys. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.